the title that I give this? Who? What? Why? What do you think I meant by that? Exact opposite of what you said this morning. So who is this? Who, who is that? We could, we could go do it the other way around, but it seems that um, those uh, three kinds of questions, uh, not only are they different just by their definition, but it's different for each person. So you may need to look at it from, uh, you may need to start out with the who question. Who, who, is, who is having this emotion? You may need to go directly to the identity rather than go into the why, or you may start with why. So there's no, um, even though I set it up in the first talk as um, why and uh, what and who, uh, you, you may need to go into just what is this? What is anything that's happening? What is it? And don't settle. Don't settle for the first response or the first uh, idea or the, uh, don't, when I'm saying don't settle, also, you don't have to be real demanding about it, but you could just just like if you're looking out into the woods, you're looking out the window, or if you're looking at the wall, I'm sure you've noticed it. Nothing lasts. Thoughts come and go. They show up as being very strong and concrete and very believable. And then and, and pretty soon we notice that all that's kind of faded away. Basic teaching of the Buddha is impermanence. Nothing, all compounded things will vanish. Body, speech, mind, earth, water, fire, air. All the elements, this very body that we are so attached to and we protect and we advance and we feed and so on is uh, uh, impermanent. And it, you can, from the time someone's born, you can watch them slowly come up and appear to watch the whole thing. We've been watching ourselves in the mirror. I've certainly been watching myself in the mirror. Just really been fascinated by mirrors. How about you guys? Any interest? In 1958, um, I've got a lot of hair now. Put it down like that. You guys probably didn't do that. My my vanity was uh, very powerful, very strong. But I was so aware of my vanity that I tried to cover it up and act like I wasn't paying. You guys ever have that problem? Or is that maybe not even a problem? You can't awaken without confusion. For the Buddha, as it is talked about, awoke to the confusion. He didn't awaken to some fancy God realm where everything was wonderful and everyone was blissed out and happy and peaceful and supporting each other and very kind and generous. He awoke to the very confusion that was in his mind. So you know, he awoke to that and at the same time awoke to the confusion in the world. Dependently risen. And that was his awakening, to actually see the chaos. Sounds kind of confusing. So it seems to be necessary for each person here or wherever to get to know yourself. And, and that might that might involve a bunch of really difficult crap that you would like to cover up, get rid of, you know, go to the movies, uh, have some dessert, um, meet with one of your friends that never challenges you about everything, about anything. It's always just loves you no matter what you do. I'm sure you all, we all have two or three dozen of those. So we want to 
has a highly polished, stylized form of avoidance. Avoidance. Passion is pretty obvious. We go after something. Uh, aggression is pretty obvious. We destroy something. We stop it. We end it. And cut its throat. And, well, maybe not that. We end it. And then uh, uh, the avoidance is more subtle. It's a, just a subtle kind of distraction. It's almost like you're looking at someone that you're used to talking with. Could be your mate. Could be your daughter, son, grandmother, mother, father. Could be your dog. Could be any anything. There's a way of a very subtle way of turning away of something else will catch our attention. And so, oh, but we've actually stopped looking at the very situation that was in front of us, which might be uh, your 15-year-old son, might be your 85-year-old mother. It could be any, some kind of a distraction is about watching that, observing that, seeing that. And how do we do that? train, we practice sitting down, holding still, train our mind to see more clearly what is coming and what is going, what seems to be static. I'm always ready for questions if you have them. When you say get to know yourself, are we talking about getting to know our identity? Or are we getting are we talking about getting to know what like when you're talking about getting startled earlier, whatever startling is? I think initially it's going to be about the way we are, what's the fancy word, disingenuous, the way we're there's self-deception, we just don't notice it. I'm sure you all, any of you that have been meditating for any length of time, if you sit down and hold still, call it meditation, call it uh, uh, peaches and cream, sit down, hold still, and just receive. Put all the senses, including the mind, on receive as much as you can. Sit down, just receive whatever is happening. If you hold very still without being rigid and everything is not received, then the very thing that you, any one of you, and this person too, are trying to avoid will start to show up because you're you're actually deliberately unreceived. You're deliberately going to, as I talk about quite often, you're going to be extremely generous with everything, all of your sense fields, anything that's arising, everything, anywhere, and you're going to... Be generous by giving everything your attention. I can't think of a more generous thing that anyone could do. Give your attention. Be kind to everything. We just receive anything that's coming your way, any thought, emotion, con- concept, consequence, conclusion, exclusion, anything that's happening in terms of a relative situation, just observe it. Just watch it move this way. Watch it move away. It might it might wiggle. It might go back and forth. It might get lar- larger. It might get smaller. There's all kinds of qualities that arise around any one thing. Even if it has one name, the qualities that are there are quite a bit different. And sometimes we're angry. The anger is there, and it is anger, but it has a different kind of quality. It's filled with some kind of grasping or passion. It's filled with some kind of ignoring some aspect of that aggression, ignoring some, uh, turning something away, but keeping something because that, that anger is what keeps the self-centeredness going. There, there's got to be somebody that's upset here. So it might not make any sense, but you can actually experience, have, welcome even, anger without anyone who's angry. It, it can be done. And there, there's no credential at the end of it. There's no one who, well, I was angry, or I, I, get, I get to have a credential because I actually experience anger with no self. If somebody tells you that, uh, well, I don't say. If you tell yourself that, 
the claim of no self is self. The, the claim of, I think I'm getting to, I think I'm getting closer and closer to realization. You probably need to talk to a teacher. Maybe not this guy. You could talk to someone. Maybe find somebody that's more trustworthy. I'm not very trustworthy. What if I did something that wasn't suitable? What if I started acting in, in a way that wasn't too agreeable to you? What if it wasn't agreeable to a whole lot of people? Risky. Spiritual path is the, the true spiritual path, as my teacher, Chogyam Trungpa talks about at the very end of the introduction to cutting through spiritual materialism. He describes the true spiritual path. Anybody have that memorized? I don't either. You have that memorized? Can anybody paraphrase it? I can't. Let's go on to the next thing. Questions? Another question? Is this idiot compassion? The energy situation you're talking about? Unnecessarily. I mean, they, they're not going to know what you're talking about. We're just talking about moving energy. Not necessarily. Okay. If it's just... If it's just that, there's no credential at the other end of it. Yeah, don't say right, right too quick. Don't, don't say right, right too quick. Okay. You're welcome. Thank you for the question. Yes. Uh, Soto at the temple has a question. Is it that really big, tall guy that's getting skinny? One of them. Uh, you said not to settle for the first thing that comes up when asking who. How does Tromka's first thought, best thought, work with that area? It's just a way of, uh, my understanding of it, just a way of helping people to not elaborate too much. First thought, best thought. Even that doesn't work so much, but whatever shows up, you can give it a little bit of uh, attention without jumping into some other elaboration about the first thought. In other words, shutting it down because it's too impulsive or, or fluffing it up because it's totally spontaneous. Give it no credential at all. It's just the first thought, the raw bear attention of justice, justice. Uh, I don't think it's something that one can understand right away. I don't think we can kind of get a credential out of it. Find a way how to do that for thought by thought. If you think you've uh, accomplished something there, then you probably missed the point. Or you're, there's some kind of addition that onto that situation that creates some kind of a protocol for how you can always be spontaneous. Or I've got uh, um, like a, word, a general question. Um, I like those guys. If one of the laws and precepts is to save all beings, and there are no beings, what is that? Okay. So that's why it's sometimes uh, said in a different way be with all things. So, yeah, be with all things. I talk about it in both ways. And uh, be with all things, you can start with your own thought patterns. Sit down and hold still. Whatever rises, just it's just arising. And so another way of saying that, that if you want to save all beings, you can practice on your own thoughts. Don't, I mean, just allow them to be what they are. Save them. Don't kill them. Don't shut down on them. Even if they're just dis have disturbing content, you want to work on compassion. That's do it here. Just save this being. And how do we do that? Meet this being where they're at. And it's challenging. It's difficult to just be genuine be who you are because sometimes it's very embarrassing where we just realize that we aren't going to be able to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps in some kind of magnificent reality of liberation we aren't going to be be some great being better than our stupid ego or our narcissism or our 
insane pride or, or our uh, totally useless kind of shame that is based on causes and conditions that are that are generated by uh, by causes and conditions we had no say so about and yet here we are in the midst of this sad situation be with all things whatever arises is you know it doesn't need your approval it doesn't need your disapproval it doesn't mean need your ignorance but just don't do anything with it and the reason that's so challenging is because it too close to it's too it's too scary because it feels like that which is endeavoring to be with all things is in danger of being overcome by what evil or lack of control which is another form of evil evil and so it's takes a great the conventional word great courage to do that and how do you do that sit down and look at your look at your uh, fear that's the only way to find courage, to find out, understand what courage is for yourself. There's, there's no one who's courageous. There's just courage. If there's someone who's courageous, it won't last. If there's someone who's, uh, who's awake, I don't care if you've been awake for three months now, and I'm wondering if this is how long this is going to last. If there's someone, it's a relative situation. It's going down. Just as it came up relatively, it's going down. So it isn't something else. You don't have to be someone else. You don't have to be an enlightened person. More? There's a, a part of a sutra that we chant saying, not near, not far. Is there only separate and not separate? The, the assumption is it's separate, it's not separate, or it's near, or it's far. And so the, the way to... The way it's working against that is say it's not it's neither near nor far. It's just this. It's, it's the whole idea of distance, the whole idea of past and future, of then and then. And even to say there's just now is uh, not not exactly uh, true, not exactly because if there is a now, then there's a then. And of course, this now, the then in the past and then in the future, the same. You can remember the future. You can actually remember, you can recall that because it's just form. It doesn't have, the only way we get the past and future is things decay. So, you know, it's like a clock. We, for a long time, we had to just look at the sun coming and going. So we missed the decay part because it just was always coming and going. Is that all? <laughs> if so, you're welcome. <laughs> Go ahead, please. Go ahead. Uh in sitting, sometimes a bell will seem immediate, and sometimes a bell will occur, and then I'll recognize there was a bell. It feels like the bell is far. Mm -hmm. That's what I mean by not. When the bell is immediate, it feels not separate, but when it is an echo, it feels far. It's very good. What is that? Yes, they're not two different things. We, we add on the difference. The, the self-centered mind, the ego mind, is looking for some kind of variation so that it can get some kind of validation so that it's someone who can get ahead, someone who could not fall behind, someone who can uh, win, someone who can get who, some kind of advantage. Um, materialism, cutting through spiritual materialism is the book that we study on Tuesdays. And it's just pointing out uh, that you cannot get somewhere. You don't need to get somewhere else. That what you're looking for, as I say it, you're looking at. You're looking at your Buddha nature. And, and it might take a lot of looking at 
everything that is not that in order to see that the very thing that you thought was not that was your Buddha nature. But it's not about uh, some kind of artificial giving in. It's not about surrendering. All those kind of words are, they, they resonate too much with the self-centered mind, the ego mind, and then the ego gets on board. And then that self-centeredness, it thinks that it's going to be included, like how the Trump or MBJ say it. Ego wants to witness his own funeral. So it can't, it can't witness that because it's, it's not that ego dies. It's that it's unreal in the first place. So that's why you don't have to get rid of your ego. Just see that the, what arises is unreal. It's a very simple situation. Mm. What is real is not, not threatened fundamentally. When something isn't moving in the senses, where is awareness? The way you're describing it, it sounds like it's just still. When something move, moves, it looks like something's moving, but it's actually the awareness that is congealed into an object, a thought, an emotion, a feeling, a memory, something, 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 something. But when nothing is happening, it's just that. No conclusion, no concluder. It's just open. You could, you could say it was emptiness, but not exactly. Emptiness is more about something that is empty of our imputations or ideas about it. We want to conclude something. We want to make something of something. We want to have some kind of stability. People do it even with meditation. Questions? Um, this morning you were talking about boundaries. How can we appreciate natural boundaries and see no self? I think that's the only way you can do it. If you, if you don't see anyone else, then the boundaries are obvious. It's like skin is a boundary. It's obvious. Respecting other people means that you respect their confusion. If someone comes to you and they're confused, you're respectful of that. You don't try to show them how wonderfully enlightened they could be or correcting them. And if it's a four-year-old, you... Take the broken glass away from them. You keep them from running into the road, but you be very, very tentative about any kind of training you give them. Train them as they appear, not as you would like them to be. Just a misunderstanding that has strong cultural roots. <clears throat> the best thing my stepfather and my mother ever did for me is leave me alone. It's what you just described. <clears throat> um, learning to move past codependency rescuing of another and that is false compassion you're trying to fix <clears throat> well I do I'm listening yeah that's all just you respect boundaries by not trying to fix I would do it a little bit differently I understand what you're saying and that's uh, accurate in the way you're describing it but it's more about uh, looking at this looking at this this the self-centeredness the grasping at someone who knows about that. So it's a grasping that works both ways. This and that. So the sensation coming in. No. Not too complicated. Too, no, too complicated. I'm not saying that. I'm not disagreeing with you. It's just too complicated. Keep it very simple. Very simple. Just the imputation that there's someone who knows something about someone else. It's really easy to, to 
all we're talking about is evaluating and judging people. People are caught up in their karma, the same as you're caught up in your karma, cause and effect. I, I often say, go look in the mirror. If you think you have control over this life, not, not very much. She gets. Can you describe the difference between training them as they appear and training them how you'd like them to be? So I would say rather than set up particular protocols that are based on um, strong uh, conceptual ideas about the nature of human being, psychology, and so on, or or uh, um, culture, uh, things that are are uh, assumed to be just uh, unimpeachable. I hate to use that word. Um, but to, to just to, to work with the situation as it is, because you any being you meet is a, is a combination of an incredible history of causes and conditions that brought about this being, the shape of these ears, the, the just being a human being. It's unsearchable. And to immediately start laying kind of ideas and opinions and judgments on how it should be so it aligns with the rest of our culture uh, is a... Uh, uh, is, uh, materialistic, trying to control and manipulate things uh, that helps us feel safer. So I'm not saying that some of that, it's, uh, it's, it's why Buddhism is called the middle way. It's not that we shouldn't have some of that, but, but watch the way we tend to clamp down as soon as we get a little bit threatened, we start to just buy into the law and the rule. It's called fundamentalism. We don't need it. It's very difficult for even people practicing Buddhism to not be fundamentalists and say, this is what the Buddha said and didn't say that. Only the Theravadins are correct, or only the 18 schools that came out of uh, uh, ancient uh, Buddhist teachings, that those are all at war with each other. Only the Sarvastivadins, the Vaibhashikas, or all the other schools. So it's, it's about as much awareness, as much clarity around what is arising, rather than the assumptions about that we add on to or stick the post-it notes we put on everything. You know, the amazing thing is those post-it notes may be relatively very, very accurate. They're very accurate, but they end up with some kind of a manipulation that is about results of having well-trained little children rather than really relating to the fundamental karma that is arising uh, through each person. So a little tight, not too tight, not too loose. More? How can we work with that here? Coming down on it and going towards rules. It's just done with awareness. You, you, can, you can actually trust yourself to see when it's time to have rules. This should be done. That shouldn't be done. Don't do that. Do this. You could, you could be with yourself and be, be genuine and see what your motivation is. See what your intention is. Is your intention about being right according to what somebody says is right? Or is your intention about, uh, in your situation, be with all things. If you're if you're if you're with all things, when it's time for you to act on something in a strong, definite way, don't do that. Uh, you'll know when to do it because you've you've understood who you are in relationship to everyone else. It's called dependent origination. There's no solid, separate being anywhere. But it's very, very uh, tempting to go there and because we want to be right, we don't want to be wrong. Yes. So, uh, deal with the, deal with them uh, kids by their fundamental nature. Um, how do we know that we're seeing that fundamental nature? Might not. It might it might be more 
you know, kind of unnerving to even be involved in the situation. Maybe difficult. I know what, well, you know, what do we ask ourselves? What do we do? I mean, we have a, if we're talking about a child, or a child is doing this or doing that, what do, we, what do we do with that? So as long as you can, without putting the child in a dangerous situation, as long as you can, wait, watch. It's called patience. Watch what happens. Put everything on receive. Receive as much as you can what's happening with that person or with that, with your partner or with your receive so that if you do come to some kind of conclusion, that conclusion is uh, choiceless. You can't help but say, yes, that's a burning building. We need to get out of here. But rather than, than um, I smell smoke, let's get out of here. And you find out it's incense. I'm being silly about it. I'm saying, but but there are dynamics and everyone here, uh, everyone here is an adult. We all know situations where there's been some, some kind of panic about something. And we start to run to solutions before we really clearly look at the situation. Psychiatry, psychology, philosophy is full of it. Somebody is too smart for their own bridges, like uh, Friedrich Hegel. Uh, is that Friedrich Hegel? Or is it, no, it's Nietzsche. There's, there's, he was really smart. He had a lot of conclusions. Not wrong. I'm not saying they're incorrect. It's just that they're an extremely relative understanding of the nature of this. Keep coming. It's getting exciting. Looking for a fight. Yes. I knew I'd get one. <laughs> um, you said uh, operate out of you know, what's showing up, not what yeah. you want it to be with children. Um, so, you know, I have theory and challenging behavior, though, it's an adaptive strategy that just no longer works. So when you see, so my question is, is when it is, um, the goal is actually just for that child to suffer less, and that's where your functioning is coming out of. Um, how does that work with this teaching then? Well, that's kind of a general, can you be more specific? Yeah, well, for example, um, a common thing is children push when they're seeking um, input, but usually they push other kids. So, you know, I can feel that, I can see that. My reference point is, I don't want you to hurt kids um, because it hurts you too. It hurts everybody. So here's something you can do. You know, push this or sort of cart, push, hold something in your arms. So I'm just curious, is that actually like being with a child um, or is that still operating out of having a reference point of where you want that child? No, that sounds good to me. Yeah. I would say that's a good way of handling. There's the energy is there, then relate to the energy in a, <clears throat> in a way that um, pacifies that energy. And, and have some patience with it to see that each child is going to, it's going to, some children, I had several of them, so I know about children. And I was a child, as everybody else was. So I know what my intense anger was about. And it was, uh, when I say I know what it was about, I know what it was, but I don't know where it came from, why I had it, but it was really intense. And, I, and it scared me. It was so intense. So therefore... What you're, <clears throat> what you're kind of saying is pacify it or kind of defuse it or at least give it another channel to go through with that. Um, there, unless I'm missing your question, that seems great. I guess where I'm coming from is, just, you know, that is responding out of a situation where, um, you know, this is what you're doing and here is a reference point of what you could do. And so I don't know how that fits in with your uh, teaching of not wanting them to be anything other than what they are. Can I say that? I felt like that's what I understood. I changed my mind. So when we're working with adults and we see an energy arise. Did you hear what I said? Do you have no question about what I just said? 
you're still you're you're on a track of what you want to say. Go ahead. I just like to change the mind. Oh, you glossed over that. You glossed over it? Well, like it. well okay, good. <laughs> then we're friends. <laughs> What's next? Well, I'm just curious in the context of adults, where a lot of times I see a similar thing, that yeah. they're seeking something. Yeah. Um, how can I work with, um, for example, the pattern of the energy is seeking uh, confirmation? Yes. Um, how can I work with a person and be with them when I see what they're doing and I have an idea of what else they could do? <clears throat> Communicate. And the way you would start that is to ask them about it, not in an interrogation, but to ask them about that in a way that, since you already know the person, a way that would be uh, watching their body language and knowing about body language, which you do, then see if they're ready to receive uh, your question. So you would start by getting them to kind of let you know what's happening with them. In other words, give them your attention. More? That's a good good question. It just seems to be two activities happening where one, on, on, there's a low-level um, activity of having an agenda and there's this other activity of receiving. Um, and so you just uh, it's not clear as to how those two function together. I think uh, the way I'm understanding what you're saying, I think the important thing that needs to be emphasized there is mind training. There was a person who was in that kind of situation that you're describing. There's a powerful, strong uh, uh, wish to be clear, to understand deeply what is happening outside one's opinions, hopes and fears and so on. Seems to be necessary to sit down and watch the fear that comes and goes in each individual and to no longer fight with anything, no longer join anything and no longer ignore anything. Then that way in post-meditation, your everyday life, then that kind of uh, generosity, that kind of openness, that kind of, uh, to use that fundamentally operative word there, kindness uh, is going to be there rather than some desire to get a particular squeeze, a particular outcome out of it. Uh, then, then there's an openness that actually is more, uh, as it says in the, in the Japanese tra- tradition, mind like water. It's more because the situation is always functioning. There's a there's the mind, the water, the quality of the mind finds its own level and, and fills up what needs filling up and flows away from what needs that. So it's, it's, it's situational, not conceptually situational, but fundamentally situational, which uh, goes in a lot of directions other than just the fourth conda or concept. More. How does, uh, what's our responsibility when there's a hierarchy of power in the context of I have teachers um, that I'm working on training? Um, so what is my responsibility then when they pretty much have to listen to what I say? Sounds good to me. You're the boss. You pay their, you know, I mean, I'm serious. They should you know, you train them however you see fit. But I want them to function out of awareness and compassion, not out of just because I said that. Good luck. <laughs> I mean, they're not meditators. I mean, I'm not saying they're not. They don't meditate because you'd like everybody to sit still for 15, 20 minutes a day, which you may. I don't know. I know you do that somewhat, which I think is a really good idea. But in order to really train the mind, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lifetime. It can't be done in three weeks. So, but you could recommend that. You could say, I think it's a good idea for you to do some mind training and then see where they go with that. 
and you could even uh, set it up in different ways for people to spend some time uh, doing that. Am I addressing your question? Or? A little bit. I guess, um, you know, the goal is to be with all things, and it's actually uh, technically with children is extremely important. And so, when, you know, another example is where a parent comes to me and says, you know, help me with this with my child. It puts me in a position of power where they just listen to me rather than I'm saying, look at your child. And so I don't know what to do in that position of power where they're looking at me as some advice person or some kind of whatever. And I don't know how to support their awareness rather than giving them rules to follow. So I don't mean to be dismissive of what you're saying, but I would say train your mind because you're, I'm not there listening to you. You're a student of mine. So I'm saying train your mind so that when you meet people, you're meeting them where they're at because each one of these employees has their own uh, uh, boxcars full of karma that is trying to express itself or be subdued or be enhanced by the whatever situations they're running into in terms of dependent origination, meeting you, meeting a child. It's extremely complicated. So this is why I often say less is better. It's just another way of saying be patient just be patient and watch what's moving rather than try to immediately go in and come to conclusions about what's what's moving and try to control it or get a particular outcome even if the agenda might be to try to protect the children or or make sure they don't uh, hit other children you know give it a little bit of time there I I don't know how you can can't really get a, a situation with being a meditator and working in a situation where you have employees that are not have no interest. They just want to make a living. They're not interested in training their minds. And then you have all these children or uh, <clears throat> it's complicated. Like you heard. And uh, even though we, we've talked uh, uh, individually about different children and the way they show up, the ones that are really, really challenging and uh, you got your work cut out for you. You know, to say it in a literal way. I don't know if it helps any, but I think you're doing fine. I, I had uh, some four-year-olds. I wouldn't hesitate to send them to you. Or to forget. No, I have no no evaluation of what you're doing. I think you're probably doing the best you can. How do you think? Um, it's really hard to fail. It's really hard to bear witness to um, the cycle of suffering. Yeah. So, where's the best place to face that? Right here. Yeah. Like looking at the wall, just a way of training the mind. Because if we go out into the world. The, the desire to fix and to save and to control is so intense. We, we meet people that are totally you know, difficult or a mess or whatever. And because we can see what it is, there's a tendency to want to control or say or make it to give advice. I would say, put it on receive. Just receive the suffering that they're having. That's uh, To have somebody to just listen to them is a lot. Just to listen to people without jumping to a conclusion about how they should be more like you <laughs> or, or be different, challenging. Further questions? Um, I, I often tune in at 7 a.m. to the my series uh, morning, morning session. You get my, my own meditation session. Yes. And uh, I listen to uh, the first part of it, and then I, I turn it off in my meditation. No. Yes. So my question is the chanting uh, aspects, chanting the sutras. Uh, can you just tell us what the value of that is? Uh, 
you won't know what the value of it is unless you do it. And uh, the concepts about why you should do it or anything, uh, it sounds too much like an advertisement. So I would say, don't do it. Do something else. But if you think of me as your teacher, which I think you do, you should do it. I, I had a great deal of difficulty when I first started the days. It seems so artificial, so ridiculous. It just seems it's irritating to have to chant. It's irritating. But if you if you do it a lot, if you do it through repetition, you realize that that is a way of training yourself to be more clear about just the nature of form. Because this is what we're addicted to, form. So this is a way of of bringing in formal structure that has to do, uh, in terms of content, has to do with the Buddha Dharma. Uh, the, the sutras, the Heart Sutra, the Diamond Sutra, we're ch chanting uh, the uh, Daishin Dharani and the uh, um, uh, Song of the Jewel Mirror Samadhi and so on. The, the words in there are important, but what's uh, those are, you can read that. What's important is to do something repetitive over and over and over and watch how you never can do it the same way twice, even though it's and if you if you if you were very aware of brushing your teeth, you might notice uh, that might be helpful too. But it seems to be necessary to do this with other people and to notice how it's a, it's always about awareness. It's about being aware that some people sound better than others. Some people are have a better sense of rhythm. Uh, some people, when they do uh, prostrations or something, or seem kind of awkward, you know, like I would seem. Uh, and some people uh, do things exactly the same. So it's all about awareness of form. And what is form? Form. And what is awareness? Space. And so it's about seeing that and training your mind using those forms in such a way that we begin to have a deeper, more intuitive understanding of what that is. Uh, because the Buddhist teaching is about form, is emptiness, emptiness is form. Same is true of feeling, perception, concept, and consciousness. Until that's those concepts that I just recited are understood in your bone marrow, uh, you'll keep objecting to some things and agreeing with others. And so this is a way of doing this. That's why not for everyone. Uh, I think I've only told one person to come and live at the monastery and that was sent you. You there? And that's because she didn't know what to do. <laughs> I helped her. You need to come here and live. And I'm saying, of course, she knew what to do, but I'm saying she, something about meeting her, I just felt like that would be a good thing for her to, to do. But most of the people that are there are there because they see the value of living in, a, in an environment where there's a really strong form. Every morning, Han and Bell, they've been doing it for years, and I don't know how many years. How many years have been doing it? Long time. 12 years, so. And it, and it seems to go through changes. So we add things on and take things off. And, um, but it's about training. It's not about believing anything, nothing to believe. It's about training the awareness that keeps grasping at forms and rejecting forms. Um, sometimes uh, I'll, uh, when I'm in there, and I haven't been in there much lately, uh, probably busy napping or something. Uh, if I sit and watch somebody come up and do the uh, doshi form, and watch them, even though I see irregularities, uh, see ir irregularities in everyone, but I may not do much about it. I may just watch that irregularity because that's uh, it's about awareness. It's not about right and wrong. So the value is there. I would say uh, in your situation, uh, you could you could practice it for uh, for um, 
you know, a couple of weeks and then go back to the other way you're doing it. The other thing I would recommend, you should come to the monastery and live there for a week or so and, and do, just follow the forms and there'll be no, no propaganda to try to get you to continue uh, to do that. It's there. It's available. People want to approach that. And if they don't, they should do whatever they want. There's no more about that. Well, just if the, uh, if the value of being in person versus doing it by myself in my meditation space would be very different I'm by myself. And yeah. I guess my question is, is the value uh, greatest to be with others? I think probably just we're all here. So it might be a little bit better to be with people. But, um, probably should take advantage of the incredible communication, the internet that we have to be able to even do such a thing as make this available. People tune into this that are on the other side of the planet. They're not a lot of them. But so I would say, leave it up to you. If it helps you, do it. If you're not interested, don't do it. There's something else. No further questions? I'm tired of uh, the example of the kid pushing on another kid, yeah. and he gives them something else to push on, and you said, you said it was like pacify. Mm-hmm. So if you feel your own inner child pushing, is there a way to pacify that? Yeah, don't do anything with it. And don't refuse the emotion. So don't don't cover it up with something. Ignore it, but just, just uh, be nice to yourself. Give yourself a break instead of Insisting that you don't have that feeling. You're having, if there's some kind of, you call it an inner child, some kind of emotion, be with the emotion as if it's someone else, because it is. It is someone else. If you don't understand, you should ask another question. I can't wait. Have something? Confusion. He has two questions. Uh, his first one, how how is chaos structure? Because it's, uh, uh, if it's seen for what it is, it's just form. But if it's seen through the eyes of uh, desire, passion, aggression, and ignorance, then I don't like this, but I like that. This should be happening. That should, needs to be stopped. It's the very nature of warfare is uh, to object to, or agree with anything. I often say don't go to war, but also don't go to peace. Don't create any kind of polarity. Further question? His other question was, do answers show up for you when you ask, who is this? I've been pretty nosy. (laughs) (laughs) I really don't ask that because it's obvious. I don't look at something that's black and ask what color it is. So I see it it all the time. And you can see it. Just don't, don't agree with anything. Don't object to anything. And don't ignore anything. This is these are the three poisons that are talked about in Buddhism. I like it, I don't like it. Who cares? Do nothing. Therefore, what is this question? Do answers show up? Do answers show up for you when you ask, who is this? No, just questions. That's all that shows up all the time. Like what's for supper? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. Interesting. (laughs) <laughs> He's being humorous with food. All right. Was that his last question? Not so far. Okay. Any more questions? 
Very good. Thank you. So we'll stand and dedicate here. Good idea. But just like, uh, let me say, just like this form, it's just a form. It doesn't mean you've joined anything. It doesn't mean that you've refused anything. It doesn't mean anything's going to happen. Take it away. May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we in every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. The ten directions, the three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prashna, Paramita. 